0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by BlueBet.
1: Campbell responsibly. Call 1 800 858
2: 858. most extraordinary of the lot.
1: Champions, 1998 in the Netherlands, 2002 in Spain, 2006 in Canada, 2010 in England, 2017 in Ireland, and add 2021 New Zealand to that list. The Black Ferns are six-time Rugby World Cup champions. Can you believe it? Welcome into the Black Fern Show right here on SENZ. Well, I honestly, I've got no words to sum up to describe what Saturday night was like at Eden Park. But firstly, I just wanted to say thank you so much to each and every one of you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for your support. The Black Ferns felt that. That home crowd, your support, got the Black Ferns across the line and what it was, one of the tensest games of rugby I have ever seen. By the skin of their teeth, the Black Ferns are the first team ever to win a home World Cup. That final play from Jonah Nanwu, it took so much courage. But this team, the squad, the past players, the future players, the support staff and families have all played a huge part over the last six months, over the last five years, over the last 30 years to get the players to where they were on the field. Honestly. It's, it's fairy tales. It is what fairy tales are made of. And I just get the feeling that women's rugby in this country has changed forever. And hopefully that is echoed around the world as well. We've got such an amazing celebrational show for you today. So coming up on the show, we catch up with a Black Ferns legend to continue the celebration. She's won four Rugby World Cup titles herself. Mona Lisa Urquhart, she was at Eden Park. One of 45,000 revelers that were enjoying every single minute of that match. Not just a great display on the field, but that atmosphere offered as well. New Zealand rugby CEO Mark Robinson is coming on the program as well. We'll find out what his reaction was, where he was, who he was with, and what the future of the game is. Plus, we catch up with Spark Sports' Scotty Stevenson. The broadcasting figures went through the roof. Uh, More than 1.2 million Kiwis. Watch the Black Ferns final. So well done to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. And go to Blackburns. Great to have you joining us on the Black Ferns show as we celebrate our Black Ferns what a performance on Saturday. We are joined by one of the Black Ferns originals. She is an absolute legend of the game, not just here, but around the world. Mona Lisa Urquhart, she played for the Black Ferns between 1998 and 2010, winning four Rugby World Cup titles, yes, winning four in that black jersey. It is quite something. Uh, It is an amazing record. Mona Lisa, thank you so much for your time on the programme. Have you managed to take a breath yet? Has it all sunk in what this team and this legacy that you have helped create has achieved? Six Rugby World Cup titles
2: oh honestly the voice as you could probably hear is still a little bit croaky but i can still communicate to the world oh and look i just was girling it i um i had worked and did a bit of commentary on the earlier games but i just wanted to concentrate on the final and just the whole day was just such a celebration not mm. even just of the current team but even for New Zealand to get involved. We've had such an amazing team for decades and for them to come on the journey with us and be part of a World Cup at home, what an amazing, amazing early Christmas present for everyone, really.
1: It was the most beautiful moment, wasn't it? How was that for you, actually, sitting in the stand as a former player, a person who represents so much of what this jersey is about? How was it watching that 80-minute performance?
2: Oh, well, I had my... Uh, one of the only tops I could still fit <laughs> out of about 12 I have at home. I was just like, some of them, I, was just, I could barely even get an arm in. But um, I, I had my top on and I'm there with like Anna Richards and Fiona Richards, the other sort of besties. And we'd um, had a bit of a gathering earlier in the day with former players as well and just watching the game on the lock. And I was just going the whole game. Check somebody up in the line out, and Jonah Namwe, she comes in, she does it. And guess what? It's Not the only time that locks have featured in you know try saving mm. tackles or scoring opportunities, especially against England. And I was so happy because
1: guess what? They check someone up <laughs> and it wins us the game effectively. How hard is it in that moment when? The 80 minutes is literally up. I think there was four points separating the two sides. England needed three points, I think. England needed to score. How difficult in that yes. moment is it to decide, OK, we're going to be gutsy here, we're putting someone up? And what would she have been you feeling? You have to. You have to. Like,
2: they've got a world-class, they line out more. If they'd got the ball, they yeah. would have scored, they would have won. It's as simple as that. So how do you stop them getting the ball? You steal it from them in the line-out. And that was it. a great decision and they played it to to the end. And you, you never write yourself off. You never. And they did us so proud.
1: Can you believe this team and everything that they have achieved this season going undefeated in 2022? Con- considering where they were less than 12 months ago, you know, there were reports coming out about the culture within the Black Ferns. There were... The coach is obviously not there, who was there on the end of year tour last year. They didn't get the results. They changed the personnel, the captain. They've changed so much about this team. Did you believe, did you know what was inside this team and that they could win the World Cup final at home in front of 45,000 fans?
2: Well, I think it's a testament to the actual team themselves. They had to pivot. Mm. But with women's rugby, in New Zealand, we've had to pivot quite quickly. Like back in the day when we were playing, we played tests every four days. And often you, you've got a day job, you go and you've got all these other stresses. But they, like, luckily enough, got to concentrate purely on rugby they had a coaching staff like wayne smith is a long-term supporter of women's rugby and you know what the best thing he did was just he set this reset the standards again the culture but the girls bought into it and they also bought their own flavor you know new zealanders have got to um you know see their new heroines like the ruby toys Mm -hmm. the quiet theresa fitzpatrick's the Portia woodman's you know like it's they've got these new heroines and they've got drive, they've got passion. They wanted to win as well. They just needed the right environment and I'm just so happy for them.
1: You talk about the environment and that culture and it's always been there, the fun side of things, but what about um, the style of play that the Black Ferns are playing with? Are you enjoying that?
2: Oh, ex- yeah, absolutely. We've always had try scoring uh, supremos, so like the Vanessa Coates. Yeah. Um, you had the uh, Diane Kahutas, you had the Stephanie Mortimers. Even in the 2010, we had Carla Hepper. You know, if we can get the ball to our wings, yes. then we know as forwards we're doing our jobs, and the whole team. The number on your back really is only for the first two phases, and in the Black fans, we are able because we've got the talent out wide um, to send it out like. If you get, if you're, we got told we'll play the expansive game because that's our strength. However, you get stuck in the back line, you must know the rules. Mm. Everyone knows how to pass the ball. Everyone must know the strike place. And you just join on in. And that's why you could see the beautiful interchange of the skillful passes the little pops the communication and it was there and it's not just from the backs it's also from the forwards
1: Absolutely there were so many beautiful moments on display in that 80 minutes it was the best game of rugby ever if we go (laughs) through a couple of moments in that final though there were some key moments weren't there Um, a head injury to Portia Woodman uh, which sent her off the field no one ever could have predicted what would happen there and we're glad to see that she is okay and of course the red card to England's winger Lydia Thompson I mean these are just moments they would have trained for it right but ultimately did that cost England the game?
2: I just think we've just had such a rich history of our Teams competing against each yeah. other is always going to be the English style versus the New Zealand style. And it's a, a lot of it comes down to belief and trust. And you do practice for, you know, um, you do practice being one down in a game. You know, in my last game, our last tournament when I was part of the team 2010, we New Zealand actually had, I think, three Sinbunds two at the same time so England still managed to lose that game as well but it's just there's something about finals that seems to dig the deep path you know the deepness of the Black Ferns and yes we're at a home game but I just think when you've got nothing to lose Mm. throwing the ball around taking extra risks because we do have a different game plan, I think it worked for us in the
1: end. Who was your MVP? Who was your player of the match? Was it Jonah? <laughs> Could you look past her? Could you go for a Stacey Flula who lit it up? Oh, Stacey Flula,
2: come on. Yeah. Jonah has a special place in my heart, yeah. obviously being the look, but I think a lot of the work was done before that to be even be in that position. And, you know, the experience of a lot of those older girls, to, you know, our our bench coming on, yeah. we were never losing anything. And in fact, we were gaining so much because we had so much strike play. When you've got the likes of um, Kennedy Simon to come on, Jonah Nguyen, these, these girls start. They mm. do come off the bench. And mm. it's just like, aren't we so lucky that we've got these amazing athletes? And it doesn't matter one to 22 or 23, they can come on and just perform. So, But I do like... I do like Stacey Flewler.
1: <laughs> she was and exceptional, Chris wasn't she? Oh. <laughs> she was a silent hero of this whole thing, wasn't she? She had an amazing I tournament. Know, a
2: little genuine mastermind between, and then them two. And then there's little hate Yeah. She is just a, such a leveller of the team. She's just grounding. And both captains, you can see why they named both her and Kennedy Simon co-captains because they just, they've just got that quiet confidence mm. about them. And uh, yeah, just the beautiful leadership and um, strength that they put to the rest of the team to be themselves.
1: After seeing what we saw at Eden Park, does it get you excited for the future? Absolutely.
2: I, was, yeah. I came to the office today, and one of the ladies <laughs> were saying, there was saying, there's one of her friends' friend, uh, her daughter's friends, never had an interest in rugby. All of a sudden, going, I'm going to play tag." Like you know, you, you're hearing all of these stories now. They've got every day, you know. Dan Carter who, you know, like yeah. in a really weird way. It's it's the Porsche Woodmans, it's even the Jonah Nunrus, it's the Hay uh, hey Monts. and it's like the Ruby Toys especially as well. Yeah. And it's like you've just got the you've just awoken, um, by I think a really good exciting um future for a lot of women uh, women and girls in um, the future of women's rugby.
1: That is so, so exciting. I love hearing stories like that as well. There's so many people that now want to pick up a rugby ball, whether it's little girls or boys. They want to wear these Black Ferns right. jerseys now too.
2: What an exciting brand of rugby. Yeah. And the they the yeah. real people... And so much checking, you know, you can see yourselves in them. Yeah, exactly. Um, even Aisha Leti Inge, she's a little pocket rocker, isn't she? And uh, having to come on with Portia, again, we didn't lose anything, just a different athlete. And mm. so she, she's tiny. She's only about five foot, but she's strong. And so it's the beauty thing about rugby is that big or small, you can still have, um, you can still compete at this level, it's, it's a very inviting, a very inclusive game as well. So yeah, I'm excited for the future of um, women and girls
1: these. Mona Lisa, you're such a legend and we're so grateful to have you here celebrating with us on the Black Fern Show. Thank you for everything that you've done for the women's game and continue to do as well. If there's one last thing, have you got a message for or New Zealand to have turned up, who have filled up stadiums, who have sold it out? who have bought jerseys, who have watched in their millions these games over the last six weeks?
2: Oh, it, it, it's a big thank you. And keep keep the journey alive. Like, long live women's rugby, especially in New Zealand. And um, treasure those jerseys because, hey, it, it's just been the biggest ride and I'm now again sort of a massive, it's reignited a lot of my passion. Like, I do it every day. But, yeah, thanks, coming coming along, but equally, let's let's keep it going.
1: 100%. 100%. Thank you so much. That was such a beautiful way to finish that. And these celebrations are going to continue for a long time, and That's these women, uh, you deserve it as well. All of you legends that have worn the jersey, thank you so much for your time, Mona Lisa. We appreciate it.
2: Oh, not a problem. Go women's rugby. Go the Blackbirds.
1: Well, we're so lucky on the Blackfin show, our final Blackfin show for the year to have the very own CEO of New Zealand rugby coming on the program, Mark Robinson. Thank you so much for your time and what has been a wild forty eight hours. Uh first and foremost, give us your reaction to that eighty minutes at Eden Park.
3: Uh Killer Kirsty. Yeah, I mean it was amazing, wasn't it? it was um you know, the, the, the rollercoaster of emotions for everyone right around the country, um, not only on Saturday night, but the, the previous Saturday night as well. It was like a carbon copy almost, wasn't it, of, of what we've witnessed um, previously. And uh, I don't know, just the, the spirit of that team, um, the way they came together over that six weeks and kept improving and played some massive moments in those games um, so well and, and kept going and kept believing was just, you know, incredible we're so proud of them for, for the way they've conducted themselves on and, and off the field the kind of ambassadors and champions they've been for the game and, and our organisation and everything we, we want to represent um, as a national governing body has just been fantastic so and they have really also you know captured the hearts and minds of New Zealanders in a way that meant that by the end there you know we were selling out Eden Park mm. um, we had Unprecedented, you know, media coverage, and thanks to all the all the media over right around New Zealand, and for that matter, rugby media right around the world, really, yeah. for the way they've um, played their part in helping to really tell some amazing stories about our teams, um, the tournament, and I think as we turn our minds to the future, what what the future can be like as well, which is really exciting too.
1: It has been something quite remarkable, hasn't it? The last six, culminating in in that incredible final. We just could not have even scripted that. Uh, who were you with? Where were you at that moment, uh, where Joan and Nanwo stole the line out? And did you get nervous?
3: Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not. You know, when our teams are playing and I'm there, I'm not. I'm probably not the best of spectators. You know, I find it. Um, I find it pretty, pretty challenging. And and. Um, just, I guess, when you know, and you've been a former player, obviously, you know how much time yeah. is invested, in, in getting a performance um, like that in a big game, and you know how the coaches and the leadership teams and all the players, all the squad have, have prepared, and how much work's gone into it. So you mm. you're really feeling for them. You've, you've you've got an eye on what it means for for the organisation and the sport in this country as well. So you've got your hopes uh, and dreams associated with that sitting there as well um so yeah i found it pretty nerve-wracking um i was with i was with my wife nova and um farah was uh with me and stand, and we were sitting with a combination of people from from tournament and world rugby um as well as as our team so yeah on that final whistle i, I don't think i'd sort of moved or tried to show too much emotion and, until that <laughs> until that last time there were lots of lots of hugs lots of high fives um yeah it was certainly something uh you know, I'll, I'll never forget. It was truly a special time and then, you know, from there we had the opportunity to um, obviously see that amazing presentation. Yeah. And finally got down on the field and and uh spent some time with Smithy well the, the whole team really but you know, obviously having worked with, with Smithy as a as a player and known him for a long, long time and and uh having the conversations with him early on about um how he could come in and help in this yeah. area, it was, you know, really special to catch up with him and then we managed to spend um quite a bit of time down in the sheds, um, having a beer and, and just being with the team and around the management and they were you know, they were just glowing and the you know, the the I guess the combination of relief, um yeah. calibration, exhilaration, you know, it was just they're they really special times. I remember it as a player actually you, you sort of that half an hour to an hour in the sheds after a after a big game uh one of the most special moments you can have in sport and that's you know, from all the time, the you know years and years I played ago, that hadn't changed. You know, just to see them in that setting, so relaxed and happy, was um, again a, a memory I'll really savour.
1: You're bringing back all the emotions talking to you about that final whistle (laughs) and the the hours after. Uh, Success looks different uh, depending on who you ask. Probably for the Black Ferns, the win was nice, but they really wanted to inspire the next generation and get Kiwis to fall in love with the Black Ferns brand. They said they already won before they went out onto that pitch simply by selling out Eden Park uh, and all the support that they've seen. For New Zealand rugby, for you, what did success look like for that Rugby World Cup and did you get it?
3: Oh well, I think there's no question we've we've got, it. when we, um, you know, when we bid for the, the tournament back in 2018, when, um, again with with Farah and and um, Dublin, mm. um, all those years it seems like a long time ago now. We we set about a vision of trying to, you know, truly supercharge um, the women's game globally, uh, and for rugby in, in New Zealand to be the, at the centre of that, and to do that we needed a. You know, an engaged um, national sort of fan base, and and we need a team that could go long into the tournament and really perform well and play the kind of rugby that would allow you know our teams to be to inspire and unify the country and coming generations like like the team has talked about. So, um, so so you know, clearly there was a bit of work that had to go in through through this year to make sure the team could perform at that level, and and to be honest, their ability to to go so long in the tournament and to play the kind of rugby that they did was right at the heart of the success of the tournament as well. There were a huge, huge amount of contributors to the to the tournament around the organising committee, our mm-hmm. own people across New Zealand rugby, the fans themselves, the media. But when you when you strip it all back and think about it, that that team and their ability to um, do do what they did was was so fundamental as well. So um so yeah, we were we were really fortunate that um you know, a lot of the work that went in there and some of the changes obviously paid dividends and and that allowed uh that allowed all the fantastic, you know, things that happened through the through those last few weeks especially to, to happen. And and in terms of success, what did it look like? It, it I guess it meant that we would have full stadiums, engaged an engaged country, um, a brand of rugby that is unique and, and different and can inspire people to be wanting be engaged with the game. And and to also see some of the way that the teams, not only the Black Ferns but other teams also engaged off the field was was really special. The you know the vulnerability, the access, the authenticity
0: yeah. of
3: the teams was was truly um, memorable as well, and allowed for people to engage a little bit differently than maybe what we do around the you know tr- traditional rugby.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head there. It was the personalities and the stories that we saw, and we don't normally see that in rugby, be it a men's or women's, and that really sent the benchmark for the tournament. Can the All Blacks learn a thing or two from these women, ambassadors like Ruby Tui?
3: Oh, look, I think, you know, I think the, um, the All Blacks are working really hard at, um, in that space, and I know, you know, they've they've obviously elevated the work they do um, through socials and, and some of the work they're doing with content at the moment. So... You know, clearly we we all recognise anyone working in sports um, currently recognises that access um, to you know I guess to athletes and to storytelling and to being able to share insights to unique personalities and mm. and uh, you know I guess telling stories about heroes is really fundamental to sport and you know I think all of our teams recognise that that's a way um, that's a way of the future. I, I think you know clearly the Black Ferns have done an outstanding job. Um, at, at that and it comes very, very naturally to, to a lot of them and and the All Blacks, you know, I know they're working really hard at it at the moment, certainly doing that on, on tour at the moment too, so, mm. you know, we've just got to keep growing at, at that, we'll, we'll work really hard to do it as quickly as we can but we also make sh- got to make sure we're true to ourselves and, and our people are, are comfortable and safe in doing that when they're, when they're um, you know, engaging in those sort of activities.
1: I guess after uh, the celebrations all died down, everyone will be asking the question: What's next? You've now got this uh, incredible brand, the Black Ferns. You've got an entire nation of five million plus many more around the world that are supporting, that are following this team. So, what will you do next to continue supercharging the women's game in New Zealand and actually just rugby in general?
3: Yeah, well, I think the uh, that's, that's a question everyone's rightly asking, isn't mm. it? and. And um, you know we've had a lot of work going on um, behind the scenes. We're, we're standing up a, a woman and girl strategy at the moment that we'll launch more publicly and in, uh, in the near future. Um, and and a key part of that is to take a whole game approach here. It's, it's right to ask questions about opportunities for the for the Black Ferns, and we're working really hard to make sure the in, international calendar is larger than it you know it ever has been. We, we'd love to see. You know, consistently be able to play, you know, nine, ten, eleven test matches a year, um, which would be a significant increase from the few they've had historically. And to do that, we need to have a professional club competition that can support that and provide the right, you know, high performance um, experiences and and create the right environments for these athletes to perform at the at their optimal level. So we're looking at extending Super Rugby Opeke at the moment, and um, and potentially having for next year a, a crossover final series with the. Australian clubs as well. Nice. Um, that builds into a, a pack four tournament with with the North American teams in Australia um, and the Laurie O'Reilly Cup and then we're looking at a, a women's XV tournament which is an international women's tournament scheduled for the for the end of next year. So so like I say that means a lot more more rugby um, and in time though like we've already, already flagged that we would like to be the first country in the world to host a Lions tour, um, you know, a women's Lions tour to, to New Zealand so we've actively engaged in that work and you know I think we certainly haven't put a foot wrong when it comes to showing the world that we can host you know a pinnacle event at that level and it'd be great to be able to take you know a lion's team around the country and and play in all different parts both test matches and um, midweek games as well so that's sort of some of the thinking around the the international um, side of it looking at growing the investment into um, more and more professional contracts for um, for women and um, and also you know, establishing more uh, resource around our high performance hubs to support that. So that's what's happening there. On the community side, as I said before, the the whole of game approach is really critical here. So you can't have, you know, a top end um performance side of the organisation without having really strong base of the game. Yeah. So we want to do more in in community, we want to do more in junior clubs and secondary schools where we know we've got work to do um for young girls playing the game. And um, you know, we're now investing more than we ever have into our Provincial unions with some clear strategies that relate to women and girls and teenagers, especially. So, so you know, there's lots to get excited about. We believe we, you know, I know everyone wants us to move more quickly, and they always want more invested and more resource, but. We think we're at, at the moment, given we've been through COVID, which really yeah. stymied a lot of the work we were down to do. Um, you know, we're feeling in an OK space.
1: You're getting me so excited for the future. The future is certainly bright for rugby in this country and across the world. Just before we let you go, Mark, what would you like to say to those Black Ferns, to the 32 players that took the field over the last six weeks, the coaches, the management, all, all the support team around it, and to your staff who have worked tirelessly over the last few years?
3: Oh look I have been fortunate enough to be around, you know, our, our staff and, and certainly the team and the management in the last little while. So um certainly, you know, had the opportunity to extend our gratitude, my personal gratitude uh, on on behalf of everyone in, in uh, New Zealand rugby too then. So it's just it's just a massive thanks and a massive debt of gratitude for what they've what they've done. Um, you know, they've they've created a, a phenomenal um platform of opportunity to work from here. Um, which gives us a real, um, you know, strong sense that, that we can achieve some incredible things um, for the women's game in the, in the near future. So it's just a yeah, a huge thank you. And uh, I think you know that's not only from people around rugby. I think with what we've done, it's the first time that New Zealand's really come together. Yeah. You know, since since we've been in COVID. You know, the Americas Cup unfortunately was impacted by by lockdowns or restrict, restrictions. So. This was the first time that New Zealand got in behind something and had a proper party, um, felt good about itself, <laughs> um, felt you know, inspired and, and motivated um, to connect with a, with a wonderful group of, of women. So um,
1: yeah.
3: so for so that, you know, we can only thank them, can't we?
1: Long may the party continue as well. Our women absolutely deserve it. Mark Robinson, thank you so much for coming on The Black Fern Show. We appreciate your time. Uh, and travel safe to London.
3: Thanks Kirsty, yeah, there's no no stop, but um, it's been great being here and then, you know, um, go the All Blacks um, when we get over there. Big one for them this weekend
0: too. <laughs>
1: That is my moment of not only the tournament, but our my moment of the final. Ruby Tui getting the whole crowd to sing Tu Tere Mai Na iwi, a song so synonymous with New Zealand. You can't beat it. She's one of the greatest ambassadors for sport in this country. We're so lucky to have her as one of our own, as a Kiwi, as a Black Fern, as a Wahine tour. She believed, and you, New Zealand, did too. She missed out on seven selection, pursued the 15s game early. Earlier this year, she said she didn't want the Black Ferns to just be underground heroes that no one knew about. She wanted them to get the recognition they deserve. And here they are. Here they are getting that recognition. After the match, it was just a classy, classy act from her. It's one of my favorite stories. She gave her winner's medal to a young girl, Lucia, who she'd met early on in the week at a fan engagement event. Lucia has been dealing with her own battle with leukemia of late and she's a very talented rugby player as well. Ruby Tui gifted her medal to this young 12-year-old, brave, beautiful girl. Lucia even tried to go to the hotel on Sunday morning and give the medal back to Ruby because she thought, I can't take this. Ruby wouldn't accept it. So she exchanged Ruby's winner's medal and Lucia gave her her MVP trophy that she won uh, in rugby this year. What a story. That is how you measure success. It's not by medals won, but it is by tarts touch. That's what they say. These Black Ferns, Ruby Tui, has inspired the next wave of boys, girls, men and women to get around rugby, to pick up the ball, to continue watching and supporting this sport. You have done that. So thank you so much. When we come back right here on The Black Fern Show, we catch up with the broadcaster's perspective, Scotty Stevenson.
0: This is the Rugby World Cup Preview. Rugby World Cup on Spark Sport.
1: Well, we're so lucky to be joined by Spark Sport commentator. He has been a champion of the women's game long before it was cool to be a champion. He's an absolutely <laughs> incredible human. Scotty Stevenson. thank you so much for joining us on the Black Fern Show. How are you feeling? How are you feeling after the last 48 hours?
0: Um, great question, Kirst. Great to see you, and congratulations on all your work through the Cup as well, buddy. Um, I feel uh, good about life, actually. It would be the best way to put it, Kirst? I mean, you know, we embark on these tournaments. You've been a part of them before as well, and, um, you know, we had really high hopes that New Zealanders would engage, that people would watch, that crowds would turn up. And, you know, I just kept ticking boxes throughout this tournament, and I, I got to full-time uh, on Saturday night and overjoyed as... <laughs> Forty-two thousand 2,000 others were at Eden Park um, and finished the broadcast about quarter past 10 and I I must admit, I just came home. I was just, I was done. That Mm. was was the last thing I had to give for this tournament and um, just enormously proud, not just of, of the 23 women on the field, the 32 women in the squad. I'm enormously proud that New Zealand got behind this and showed the world the true value of these kinds of tournaments for our women. And, you know, I know that, regardless of all the other memories those Blackfearns take away from this event, the friendships made, the friendships strengthened, uh, they will always look back upon this, and hopefully this is true, as the watershed moment for women's rugby in the world. And they were there front and centre, and they were the headline act. And, you know, I just think that New Zealanders should applaud themselves, and especially those around Te Tai and Tamaki Makaro, mm. Northland and Auckland, for just getting out there and, and giving these women what they deserve, an audience.
1: That's it. I mean, the Black Ferns, during the week, were talking about this privilege, it being a privilege. They deserve it. They deserve this audience. <laughs> they deserve this support.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, name me another team that's won five world championships that, um, you know, is having a beg for crowds to turn up. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, I, I realise where we've been. I realised that there were people who, who doubted the quality of rugby. Well, you can cross that off now. Yeah. There were people who, who said no, it will never work. That, that women don't don't rate in prime time. Uh, everything's been blown out of the water. All those preconceptions for me have gone. I've been to Eden Park on some of the most memorable nights in that stadium, Kirsten. I know you have too. Mm. And. Yeah, you know, if that night is not in your top three all-time experiences at a stadium in New Zealand, then I, I'm afraid you've got penis pluck because that was just a, a night to celebrate, to cherish, and one that will stay with me forever.
1: What was your favourite moment of that day?
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, one of my many favourite moments.
1: Oh, tell us them all. Oh, I, well, I... No,
0: I think, well, first and foremost, just, you know, t- turning around before kickoff and um, just seeing the stadium full. We knew that the sold-out signs had gone up, but to actually see it there and be there and look around and take it all in, um, you know, I'll remember that for a long time. You know, Christina Sue, who worked with me, I mean, she was performing the haka right by our broadcast position as the wow. women on the field were performing the haka, and that was a, such a powerful statement of just the togetherness of that team and how much it means to them. Um, and you know, look, I was sitting up with the crew. I couldn't sit with the uh, with my wahine during that game. I knew I'd just be I'd be too on edge. So I wandered up and I sat with our camera crew uh, and floor manager, and you know, we just went ballistic. It, it was nuts, and I was so proud of Crystal Murray and the impact she made. I was yeah. just so proud of of the way the girls just kept on playing. And you know, I think for a, if you want one highlight out of the game. Taking a quick tap penalty inside your own 22 with four minutes left on the clock, that's got to be right up there with one of the craziest plays I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, there's no diagrams on the scorecard and uh, they are the champions.
1: Before the tournament, we were so lucky to have you on to do a preview. We talked about storylines. How can we forget the storyline? It was front and centre of the paper. It was on every news broadcast last year when the Black Ferns were walloped 4-0 on the end of your tour. To turn it around in 11 months. Literally four months ago, people were writing this team off. But to turn around and win it at home. Talk to us about that.
0: Well, there's two things. Uh, You know, uh, I I know Wayne Smith will get a lot of plaudits here, and so he should, and that Mm. entire coaching group deserves to be included in that. Um, I love the way he spoke about DNA, and, you know, we've touched on it through the tournament, finding a game plan that suits our athletes. Rugby is in our DNA, both our men's DNA and our women's DNA. They know the game so well. They're athletes, out-and-out athletes. Uh, They love playing dynamic, fluid rugby. And they just needed someone to believe in them, that they could do that. And, you know, it's amazing how far belief can travel. And as soon as they noticed that people were championing them, that that blokes who had never watched a game of of women's rugby in their life were talking about the way they played, were enjoying the way they played, were telling me it was the best watch they'd ever seen. I I know that those Wahine heard that and it just kept on compounding. It was like interest. And so when you have that belief, and when you understand what you're trying to achieve and when someone says to you, go out there and make mistakes, but whatever you do, don't go away from what feels natural. Um, and, you know, that, that victory and so many of the wins throughout this tournament just had all the hallmarks of a team that genuinely believed yeah. they had the game plan to do the job. And, and Hayes' comments to you in your interview with her after the match um, and subsequent to that, you know, she never thought they were going to lose that game. I mean, that's not arrogance. That is just a bone-deep belief in her team and their ability. And, you know, we want to talk about empowerment for women. We want to talk about empowerment for our women athletes. Giving them the belief in themselves is the best thing you can do.
1: Mm. We so often have talked about legacy <clears throat> on this program, the legacy of this Black Ferns jersey. We know that all of these players stand Mm. on the shoulders of the women. more than 200 of them that have gone before wearing this exact same jersey. But if we talk Mm. about a couple of players that have added significant value to this, Kendra Coxedge and Renee Whitcliffe are two that have confirmed that they are retiring. Mm. What have these two given to the game? What have you seen from them over the years? These are two players that have been at four Rugby World Cups. Yeah.
0: Uh, Relentlessness, I think. In the face of everything, uh, Kendra Coxedge, uh, you know, herself a groundbreaker when she was named New Zealand's Mm. rugby player of the year. Um, You know, that broke all sorts of glass ceilings for me and and was richly deserved at the time. I remember that season so well and I remember talking to her uh, after she won that award. Uh, You know, Renee Whitcliffe has always been there. She's very humble but incredibly determined, so strong and carries so much mana with her in that team. And um, to see them up at Britomart together yesterday bidding farewell to a huge crowd that had gathered mm. to celebrate them uh, was, was a really poignant moment. But, you know, I love the story of of Ruhe de Demont. You know, yeah. Wayne Smith, who spoke about it, said, look, she turned up at Lincoln. I don't even know who she was. Uh, we were playing a men's academy team. Uh, she came on the field for the second quarter Uh, and just chewed out every player on the field, told them exactly what she wanted to see from him and said, you know, this is what Wayne's trying to do. You guys need to get up, get on with it and do the job. And, you know, in Wayne Smith's own words, he he went from not knowing who Ruhay Demont was was within the space of 10 minutes saying, she's going to be my captain. Wow. You know, what an incredible story that is. A, of vision and B, of someone being so authentically themselves that they had the strength to get out there on the field among her peers and demand more from them. And you saw that throughout this World Cup. I thought her captaincy was incredible.
1: It was exceptional, wasn't it? Um, And I guess one thing that we need to talk about, because... We probably won't talk about it much on the programme today, but it deserves to be mentioned. The Red Roses, that 30-match unbeaten streak, the greatest team it's being labelled of all time, the greatest rugby side, Mm. no-one's ever done it before. They were so unlucky in that final, weren't they? Um, What can you say about this Red Roses team falling at the final hurdle after three years of complete domination?
0: Yeah, I look. I picked up the commentary after um, Ricky had given us a score in the out, and you know all I could say was they are the bravest, yeah. the bravest of teams. I, I couldn't believe uh, that they were in that game. Reduced to 14 uh, after, what, 17 minutes, Kirst? Uh, you know, Unbelievable, wasn't it? Probably, yep. And in, in their heart of hearts, they would have woken up the next morning, oh, that was our game, we should have won that. Still, we should have won that with 14 players on the park it would have been an incredible victory for them. And and like you, I, I've, I've seen so much footy cursed and it's really hard to roll roll something emotionally when you're invested in it. Um, but with the objective hat on, as sometimes you have to grab in those moments, You, all I could do was feel for them. And the, and the yeah. shot of, of Abby Ward hunched over, uh, I think throwing up in agony, um, that, that will haunt me that shot. And, yeah. and I know that, you know they have done so much to grow the game to give the women's game the credibility it richly deserves uh, and to put 30 straight wins together into four at that hurdle, the final hurdle, I, I cannot imagine the internal pain that the team has gone through. I, I spoke with uh, with a great friend of mine, Rob Jones, um, who coached Sarah Hidany and Amy Cocaine and Georgia Ponsonby at Fielding High among many others and he said he spoke to Amy after the game asked how she was, she goes, I'm not sad I'm just angry and You know, I know so many of those women will carry that anger with them. I hope they are enormously proud of what they've achieved, but I know that that will do nothing to dull the pain of losing that final, which I think in their heart of hearts they know was theirs for the taking.
1: It's unbelievably tough, isn't it? You see the pure pure joy on the faces of the Black Ferns and then on the other side of it how can you not feel for the English no matter who you are you had to feel for them in that moment it was absolutely awful but that is sport and there can only be one winner on the day and that has been the Black Ferns that has been New Zealand hasn't it what is this going to do for rugby for sport for women's sport do you think
0: Well, listen. I, I've been with the IWG uh, International yes. Women's Conference on, on Women and Girls in Sport today, and, and the message is very simple: keep it on.
2: Yeah, we've
0: got to keep it on. If if you're a, if you're a bloke out there who enjoyed the six weeks, then turn up next time. Bring your family back. If you're a kid who was at the game, beg your parents to take you back to the next one. Find out how you can help. Find out if there's a, a girls' team in your school that you could help coach. Turn up to a club game. Uh, make sure that these women know they're valued for what they do uh, and that's at all levels of the game. And if you're in a position to assist, just assist, but don't stop talking about it, don't stop celebrating it and just know that you know this is a starting point, not the finish line. Mm. This is a chance now where we can say, look at what we've done collectively, look at what these women have achieved individually and collectively, Uh, look at the statement that we have made to the world about how much we value these women now let's continue to value them. And that is going to take a really concerted effort at all levels of the game, from fans to broadcasters to writers, and especially amongst the administrators and the sponsors. If you're a corporate out there and you want to put your money where your mouth is when you're talking about equity and uh, championing women, then champion them, write them a cheque, give them the money and the resource they need to keep on developing, and let's jump on it now. Uh, You know, I would have loved to have woken up on Sunday morning cursed, and send an email about a website you could go to and sign up to be a women's rugby champion. Mm. Sign up, get uh, all of the information you need on Super Rugby OPIC next year. Sign up to learn about all the women playing provincial rugby in the country. You know, These are the opportunities that in hindsight you think to yourself, what could have been done right now to take advantage of this collective swell of interest and enthusiasm for the game?
1: Scotty and Spark Sport, thank you so much for your time. But more importantly, thank you. Thank you for believing long before many others did.
0: Oh, mate, it's a pleasure and a privilege. And, you know, it's just an honour to work on a World Cup alongside some incredibly powerful women. And, um, yeah. you know, look, I, I'm just there along for the ride, like, like so many others. But, yeah, it has been a, a true honour for me to help cover this event over the last six weeks.
1: And you and your team have done an absolutely brilliant job as well. Thank you so much, Scotty.
0: Appreciate you, Kurt. That was your Rugby World Cup preview.
2: Every moment of every match. Catch the Rugby World Cup, live and on demand on Spark Sport.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Black Fern Show this season. What a ride. What a journey it has been. It has been so, so special. One of the highlights of my careers and it has been an honour to share that with you every Monday. That is us for the year, but... If there's one thing I want to leave with you, it's what Mona Lisa Urquhart said. Long live women's rugby. It is not going anywhere. So continue the momentum because it is just going up and up for here. Thank you so much for joining us on the Black Fern Show. I want to leave you with this. It's the Black Ferns' haka that they did after receiving their gold medals because the Black Ferns are your Rugby World Cup champions.
0: This...